Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic. Found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Nick Thaderot grew up in St. Louis, but discovered his comedy voice in Chicago. You may have seen him perform on Conan, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, or on his own half-hour special for Comedy Central. Or you may have heard him on his podcast series, Get Rich Nick, in which he and fellow comedian Nick Turner attempt every get-rich-quick scheme under the sun to teach us and themselves something about capitalism in America. Vatterat does have a quote-unquote day job writing for HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. But the former winner of the Andy Kaufman Award demonstrates his own out-of-the-box, break-the-mold approach to comedy with his latest stand-up special, Disingenuous, released at the end of 2021. If you like this conversation, please consider subscribing to my substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com so you can read bonus commentary on this episode as well as more comedy news and insights. Thanks in advance, and now that that's out of the way, let's get to it! So Nick Federod, yes, we were we were joking about uh, how it's been so long since we've talked. You're but you're back in St. Louis for yes. the holidays, yeah. But but you're you don't consider yourself a St. Louis comic at all, right? No, 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 not at all, not at all. I uh, there wasn't really a scene here when I like started, you know. And I, there's like this amazing scene here now, which is very cool. Right. Uh, it's it's really awesome what's happening here now. Um, but like, I, you know, I, I consider myself a Chicago comic and like, I think, you know, I always feel like people were like, what's in the water in Chicago, man. There's so many, well, it's like, <laughs> I think it was more what was in the water in St. Louis, you know, <laughs> and it was a lack of a comedy scene, same in Iowa, same in, you know, I think that's like all, all the people I knew, mm, I said, well, at least half of them were not from Chicago. Uh, Chicago has just had this, it had places you could go up at. So that's why we all went there. I might not have ever gone there if St. Louis had a scene. Well, there are some, there are some other St. Louis comics though. Like, Oh, absolutely. Greg Warren, uh, Nikki Glazer, Tommy yep. Donegan. Yep. Uh, yep. Before, uh, before you guys, Kathleen Madigan. Yes. The great Louis Kathleen comic. Madigan. Sklar brothers are from there too. Cedric. Uh, uh yeah i think he might be yeah that's right that's right yeah um and those are all such great comics so did you head straight to chicago because of comedy oh yeah yeah because i mean you know me and mizzou were like you know we were not really seeing each other anymore but still living in the same house Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know felt like a relationship that had kind of like petered out and i was like well i'm not I was like literally living in Columbia, not going to school anymore and uh, Columbia, Missouri. Mm. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, second city had come through Columbia from Chicago and I'd, I, I had done the open mic contest at deja vu comedy club, you know, which is the only comedy club in the world that is the same name as a strip club. Right. I was going to uh, say not to be confused <laughs> with the strip club scene. Yeah, no. Why? Why they named it that? I don't know. It's like having privatized comedy club or something like that. Well, you know, I standups have been have been compared to strippers mm. before in terms who, of who bears more. 
just just kind of putting yourself out there right for other people's yeah. amusement being vulnerable being exploited yeah. <laughs> yeah giving all your money to somebody else if you get <laughs> if you ever yeah. make any <laughs> okay so uh, when you so second city came through you won a contest so when you went to chicago was it with the plan to join second city or yeah i like uh oh yeah didn't win the contest at all it did very badly in the contest, but it, it, it got, it, it started a little bit of a fire. I feel of me wanting to be like, I'm enjoying in Columbia. I was writing a column for the school newspaper, my humble opinion, uh, you know, um, I guess that's that the title a, of it. Yeah. I okay. guess that was, that was slack before there, or wait, what is what you do? You do epiphany, right? Isn't that yes. like, uh, uh, I feel like, before you know pivot and you is that a sub what is that a sub subsec subsec yes yeah, yeah. Uh, and how fun is that it's that's got to be so fun to do uh to have this outlet to like you know speak your mind and right yeah and and i feel like so years before you know you had stuff like that it was like writing in the school newspaper and that was fun and that was uh, and i did the improv group and i was like i want to do this this is what i like doing and uh the school stuff isn't working Second City went through. Let's go to Chicago because I assumed there was a comedy scene there and I knew Second City was there. So I drove there in my 1970 Volkswagen bus, went straight to a Second City class, got out, then tried to find a job and, I, and then started you know dancing around the, the stand-up scene. I went to Second City and they were like, there's this place called Improv Olympic. So I go to Improv Olympic and I was like, do you guys do stand-up here? I'm like, no, but you want to go to this place called The Lion's Den. It's like, oh, the lion's den. And I would go to lion's den and I would find out that would be like one of the most like influential things in my entire life where I would meet like, you know, Hannibal and Kamel and Pete Holmes and, you know, all these amazing comics there and be like, oh, I like this. This is what I like. Um, and, and also in Chicago too. And I feel like this kind of is like a little bit influential and the special that came out is just like, I think in Chicago, we didn't know how to do stand up in like in, in that we didn't know what alternative stand up was we didn't know how to do it so we kind of guessed <laughs> and and i think a lot of crazy stuff came out of that especially at the lions den where you could just get up and do whatever the heck you want okay so in chicago there was also this group called the blurds yeah yeah but, absolutely but you weren't part of that right no 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 okay um, I, I I think I wrote like a guest thing because Blurds originally was I think it's Blog Nerds was is the um, what do we ever, what do you what do you call that uh, uh, hyphenated word or whatever but like they wound up doing videos later which again you know and then I think that inspired Mashup the TV show right Comedy Central um, but it was originally like just writing things I think I wrote a couple things for them. Um, and then I helped out with a couple of videos, but that was like a different core group of, of people. And those, you know, those guys were all so very funny. Um, and that was a huge, that was like a huge thing in Chicago when they like all went out to LA to like, you know, shoot a thing. And they started, um, you know, they, they were very, you know, they were very, they were very great at what they were doing and getting stuff on the internet and stuff. Well, I asked because, I'm curious about about the the way the Chicago scene was in the mid aughts. There was that collective. Mm-hmm. Then there were other people like you and Hannibal and Kyle Kinane and how how was 
did everybody kind of like fit together or was it clicky? Oh, no, I feel like it, we all fit together very well, you know? Oh, I never felt like, uh, you know, I was doing other things that other people weren't a part of, but I would bring them in when I could. You know, we were all kind of doing our groups, you know, we all had, um, you know, I was doing heavyweight of sketch. I was in like, you know, 12 different sketch groups, at the, you know, throughout my time in Chicago, I was doing, I was on probably 15 different improv teams, you know. Oh, right. Um, there was an improv team when you guys first came to New York. Where was, there was, uh, uh, oh yeah, me and uh, Bob Colhan and Micah Sherman. Yeah. We did stuff. Because uh, the, the I knew Micah Sherman videos. from Boston. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was something uh, that you and Micah and TJ did. Chuckle sandwich. Chuckle sandwich. Uh, okay, that's what yeah. That's. Which was a uh, yeah, an improv group in in Chicago, and then I I kind of hopped in with them, you know, in the latter half of their existence. That you know, we did like the DC Comedy Festival together and did stuff in, in New York. Yeah, I think we did. What did we do? We might have done a Del Close marathon show or something like that. Yeah, I saw you guys at Del Close. Were were all those sketch and improv groups? Were 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 you and your and your comedy buddies? operating independently then of Improv Olympic in Second City and the annoyance or how is that? Where did you so fit like, into the scene? Where, or how do you feel you fit into the scene? I was like, um, I mean, I was one of these people that like wanted to do as much comedy as possible. So I like kind of went everywhere. You know, there was guys like, you know, like TJ and Micah who had a foot in like, in, you know, improv and in stand up, but for most part, the improv scene was kind of their scene, and the stand up scene was kind of their scene. And um, you know, I was on Herald teams at Improv Olympic, playground teams at the Playground Theater. I did musical improv and did some shows at the Annoyance Theater. Then I had an independent group, you know, that was like TJ and Brady Novak and Mark Rotterman called Heavyweight, and we were all kind of. We always said that does our we were a sketch group that did stand up and improv. We were always like, does our does our improv make our stand up look sketch? You know, we would always like kind of combine the three forms together to kind of like serve our shows. And um, you know, but then and then there was people I would meet in the improv and sketch scene, and I would work on like I kind of form groups with them, like you know, uh, like uh, K uh, KNC and Trim the Fat, and then. Um, and then in the stand-up scene, there was like the Chicago underground comedy that I kind of helped start with a bunch of other comics, you know, like there was like, you know, I, I was in Chicago this week and I feel like the, the vibe I get now because the scene's grown so much is that there's like a cup and I don't know, cause I don't, I don't live there, but I get, I get the, from conversations that there's a couple different circles of groups, you know, you know, New York's so big that we all don't know everybody. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's people that I never met in the, you know, seven years I lived there or whatever, which is crazy. You meet somebody and then you're like, I've lived here for eight years. Me too. We've never done a show together. Right. You know, in in Chicago, it was this perfect amount of people where, you know, with the Lion's Den being like the big show that it was, is if you went to Lion's Den every Monday for a month, you saw everybody in the scene. And, and I think that kind of helped make it a very, like, it, um, I, I felt like we were like, kind of like one big family, you know, it felt like very, like everybody 
you know, I mean, you, you know, there was the, there was like, I was never like part of the Lincoln Lodge, you know, I was never a part of the cast or anything, but <clears throat> never felt like I was excluded or anything like that. It was just, I, I did, there was people that weren't in Chuck, Chicago underground comedy, you know, but mm-hmm. we all booked each other. We all hung out afterwards. We were all, you know, we all, it was all very, it, it felt very cool and supportive and, um, and, and I also think sometimes there wasn't anything to get in Chicago. So there was no like stepping on each other's throat. <laughs> There's no reason to. Right. And, yeah. I don't know. Is that sort of like kind of shaped the picture of, of, of how it all fit together? You know, yeah. I was like literally like taking classes all the time and meeting different people and finding new people that I liked to, to work with, you know, and, um, and, yeah, and in, in, in the in the stand up scene specifically, yeah, I mean there was like uh, the the blurs. I feel was like, you know, it was like um, you know Mike Bridenstine and uh, Mike Holmes and 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 and, and some of their. I think they kind of had like a, a writing group that would like work together all the time with Kamal mm-hmm. and all those guys. And uh, I, you know, I think it feel, I feel like it grew out of that. Um, but, um, and I was, and they weren't, they were doing just stand up. I'm glad I'm, that's awesome that blurs happen. You know, I was like doing stand up and then running over and doing all these other sketch and improv shows. So, uh, it was great to see like all these little other different projects kind of grow out of, uh, out of the entire scene. Well, you did, you did eventually like work with them in a, in a respect when mashup happened with comedy central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then there's elements of that 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 kind of carry over to disingenuous in terms of being able to break out of the stage and and take take yeah. the the premise and the scene. Oh yeah. In in new directions. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was like when I was in Chicago and I had all these different projects I was working on you get like a comedic idea and you're kind of like where does it go is this a sketch is this a stand-up bit do I sit in the back of my head and it organically comes out and in a, in a uh, uh, an improv scene you know like um I love watching this I went to this Salvador when I was touring with Second City like we I was on this cruise ship and we went around the world you know we did the Salvador Dali mm. exhibit in, in, in Istanbul I remember like, like reading about going around the whole thing. And he was like a guy who was like, at least it's the way it said it is that he never like, he never like sat down and was like, I want to do a painting today. You know, he was, he would have an artistic idea and he would be like, what's the best way to express this? A poem, a movie, you know, a a painting, a sculpture, whatever it was. And I was like, I love that. I love the idea. Cause I'm not like a guy who, you know, I mean, I have to now for, when I write for real time, but like, you know, as far as the standup goes, I'm not a, I'm not a guy who's like sits down and goes, okay, what's a joke. What's a joke I could do. You know, it's more like holding a net out the window as I drive around through life and catch stuff and kind of see what I caught and see what goes, goes right. where. And um, I think like, you know, so then I'm in, I'm in Chicago and I never liked the idea that standup had to be this like particular thing. You know, I, I, I played around with this idea of like standup, comedy theater, you know, or uh, this idea that like, it's a stage, you have five minutes, you can do whatever you want. You know, I feel like sometimes people fall in this trap of like, 
especially when they first start out that they're like, well, I'm this person. I look, you know, I look like whatever, you know, I look like so-and-so and so-and-so had a kid, you know, and I, uh, and there's a certain, and I'm from this, you know, this was my upbringing and, and I, and that's great if that's what you want to talk about, but I feel like sometimes people do it because they think that's what it has to be mm. and, and do it because you want to talk about it. Don't do it because you think that that's what stand up has to be. It has to be this thing. It's, it's five minutes to do whatever you want, you know? And I was, uh, that's why I love when I, like, did you see like Julio Torres special, on HBO. I love that. My so favorite much. shapes. Yeah. I love like, um, you know, anytime someone does, a, you know, something different with the form is like, so encouraging, inspiring to me. And uh, yeah. Where did you first get inspired to, to play with the form like that? I think lion's den. I think like the fact that like the, the, the lion's den, and this might be a little OCD, you know, but like, <laughs> I, I did like a different set every Monday mm-hmm. for like four years, you know, of like, of like three minutes. I felt, you know, I didn't do that the rest. I had a weird OCD where I would never do the same set at the same venue, you know, or the same set twice in a week. Um, but then after a while, it, I kind of broke out of that because it's like, well, you have to work on stuff and, you know, it, just, <laughs> didn't, didn't it has to it. get better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just, you can't be a complete mess. <laughs> It'd be like Salvador Dali going, I do half a statue, you know, and then I don't work on it anymore. I never work on the same statue twice. <laughs> um, I only grow the one mustache. <laughs> right. That's it. Um, but like, um, but I think like when you, when you kind of put yourself in that, paint yourself into that corner, mm-hmm. uh, you wind up like trying to figure out like, okay, well, what am I going to do this week? Cause I haven't, I have, you know, and, and I felt like I go, what, I think I started getting excited about being like, uh, well, what, what, how else can, what else can I do up there outside? I just tell a couple jokes, you know, what's, you know, sort of explore what, what is possible up there. And I remember like, and there would be times when it was just like, I remember like, I remember I, I was working at TGI Fridays and this bartender was running around manically. I was trying to think of what I wanted to do for, you know, my set the next week and I'm rolling silverware in this bartender runs around manically looking for these milk jugs. He can't find them. He needs to make this drink. He can't find these milk. Jugs. And it was so funny to me. Just if somebody panicked looking for milk jugs, you know, and I was like, what if I do that? What if I get on stage and I can't, I'm trying to do stand up, but I can't because my mind is just on these milk jugs. And so, you know, I do this thing where I like kind of do my stand up and I kind of break up, break down crying and Josh Cheney, who's on the God Mike, who ran Lions Den uh, with other guys, was like, Nick, are you okay? It's like, just my milk jugs. I I lost them. They were a gift. They were just like so stupid. I left them at the bar last night. Why I took them to the bar, I don't even know. But I just, you know, I just made this whole thing up and start crying. He's like, aren't those them behind the curtain? And I look back there, find them, you know, and then start playing time of my life, dirty dancing, do a whole dirty dancing, you know, so, and it was like super fun to do. And I was like, well, that was like really fun and not a couple jokes. Like what are other things like that? And I, and I think like, you know, doing sketch and improv sort of like, you know, I think uh, uh, influenced, you know, the, the want to do that kind of stuff and lines done where you're just like, 
you know, a, a lot of comedy clubs, you know, uh, I get sort of frustrated with because they're like, they don't want to do that kind of stuff. They're like, just do jokes, you know, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, but the lines then was sort of encouraging to do whatever you want. So I think that was really where a lot of the stuff sort of like uh, grew from. In your new special, Disingenuous, you have a joke that that humor was your evolutionary Hail Mary. <laughs> and I and I just wanted to make sure I asked you how much truth is in that joke? There's a lot of truth in that. You know, I think like um you know, I, I've I've analyzed, I'm sure you have too, of like why people are funny. You know, what 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 is it about a specific individual or people in general, you know, I get in, you know, heated, heated debates with other comics about it. And um, I mean, I think about like first joke I ever told, I remember was, or the first time I said something that made people laugh was like third grade. And in, in, in third grade, we would play soccer at recess at St. Joseph's and soccer was just, you know, St. Joseph's, their soccer field was just a giant parking lot, you know, with the blue car was one goal mm. and those trash cans were another goal and 50 kids just run around in a big pile, you know, kicking a ball around. Right. And I remember they would pick teams, you know, it, it's like one kid kick, picks 30 people. The other kid picks 30 people. I'm the last kid. Nobody wanted me, which is hilarious that I was so bad that I would influence anything that would happen <laughs> in the big pile. And I remember saying something like, yeah, I, I didn't want to play anyway. I w- and I made some joke about how I was just joking around how I mm-hmm. wanted to play. And everybody laughed and diffused the moment. I got out of it, you know, and it felt a little bit, it cushioned that like devastating moment for me. And I feel like, oh, this is like a defense mechanism I've, I've, I've grown to like sort of get people to not hate me as much, <laughs> you know? So then, so then that grows into like dating or something like that. And I feel like, okay, listen, I'm not, uh, I'm no Paul Rudd, you know, I'm not the uh, sexiest man alive uh, yet, but. Um, There's still time. Yes. still time. Yeah. You grow into it. Right. It's a, Beauty is an old person's game. I've always said, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I think I definitely feel like humor has been what has sort of like been that's that, that I feel like that's been the catalyst to, to my relate to dating in my relationships. You know, it's like, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a dating app guy. That's not really where I shine. You know, my, anytime I do try to put a joke in those, it doesn't really play well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sort of like, um, I think it's like in, in, in real life sort of, you know, ha- using, I do think it's like, it's like, well, Nick, your, your face isn't cutting. It. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you're not, you know, your body's not working for you. You're not like, it's like you, we have to, w- what is something we can bring to the table that might, you know, sort of be, um, you know, attractive in some way. And, you know, humor is sort of, I do think there's some truth to that joke. I think there, I think it's entirely true. You know, I think that's always been the people that I, you know, laugh with has been my most successful, you know, romantic relationships for sure. Mm. You, you also, you know, you mentioned earlier in this conversation about how 
in the beginning, you like to do something different every single time. Like, right. you know, a, a new set every Monday at the Lion's Den, right. for example. And then I'm thinking about how you had to shift from that to your set list bit. Mm-hmm. Like the idea, like you might, you might've just thought that was one time at the lion's den. Right. And then you have to, that becomes like your centerpiece, big break through thing that, that gets you new faces, which then gets you Fallon. Yeah. Which then gets you noticed. It's crazy. What's funny is I never did that set at the lion's den because all my lion's den stuff was always stuff I'd never done anywhere else before. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Kane Collier had the show at the, uh, it was called uh, the elevated. And um, I remember Deb Downing, who was on second city uh, at the time she had in her bio in her, you know, in, in the in a little pamphlet, all of her thanks. And one of her thanks was the alternative stand-up comedy show elevated. And I was like, what is this thing? So I went there, went and watched and then I wound up like getting booked on it. And I was like, okay, well, I got to do an alternative thing. So I remember walking around Chicago trying to come up with something. And I had seen guys bring their set lists up or forget their, you know, get their set list. People were always looking at their set list on stage. It kind of bothered me. Kind of removed <laughs> the performance. This is supposed to be a performance, you know. It's your, right. You're up there for three minutes. Really, you can't remember. You know? By the way, I bring my set list on stage all the time now, you know. It's, <laughs> We get a lot in our mind these days, you know, but, um, but it kind of bothered me because I, at the time, because, you know, especially you're new, like it's a performance, you should memorize it, you know? And I thought that would be a very, you know, so that was sort of the, that I went and did it there. And then I never, I did never did it again. Any, I did it like, I would do it like once a year at like a big show I would do. So I only did it like five times in Chicago my whole time I was living there. So then you cut to New York and, and yeah, I'm sitting there, I've done Montreal, I mean, I had my, I auditioned for Montreal, I think like seven, eight years in a row, never got it. Always wow. did like my best stuff. Like my, mm-hmm. the stuff that I feel like I would, if I went to a comedy club, that was my showcase five minutes set, you know, boom, 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 joke, 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 joke. And I was like, never worked. And I had a thing, bartending, just kind of sitting there thinking about my upcoming audition. I was like, if I'm not going to get it again, you know, I want to get, not get it on my terms. Mm. I don't want to sit there and not get it because I did what I thought they wanted and then didn't be get it again. I, I want to not get it because I did what I wanted and they weren't into it. And so what's a bit that I always loved. Oh, that, 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 you know? And so I decided to do that. And, uh, and that was funny because I ran around New York and started work, you know, then did it went, it went from this precious thing that I would only do once a year till working on it and doing it several times a week. And yeah, it got, better you know mm-hmm. as it went on and and sure enough i did it at the showcase and that's what you know yeah i got montreal that year then i got fallon from that and you have to do that in fallon so yeah that was a huge huge bit for me so he you win the andy kaufman award you you moved to la uh you and nick turner get rich nick yeah uh, <laughs> uh where does where does uh falling into bill mars orbit how does how does that fit into all of these plans? Was he that a get rich Nick scheme that actually worked? <laughs> you know, because um, I don't think of Andy Kaufman working on real time. So how does absolutely so how does Nick Vaderot? You know, 
it's so there's two things. So so get rich Nick is, you know, it's sort of like I'll say this first about get rich Nick. Nick Turner's hilarious, one of the funniest people. Uh we wanted to work together on something. We're trying to come up with a fun idea. And originally it was like, you know, three stooges. The premise of every three stooges is they're trying to make money somehow. For the or for the most part, they're trying to get some dumb job and it blows up in their face. And there's a lot of comedy in that. It, and it's a classic. And we thought that'd be like a very funny thing to do, to go out and do, go to a horse, you know, track, go down to Tijuana and try to sneak, you know, stuff back, you know, from their pharmaceutical business and, 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 and have it all blow up in our face and kind of, you know, and, 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 and that, that was very, that sounded like a funny thing, you know, and then, uh, and then the pandemic happened and we couldn't go out and do our things anymore, but that was like, and so, you know, and then like Dogecoin happens and AMC and all this kind of stuff happened and we, it's sort of in our wheelhouse. So we started kind of like, you know, sort of talking about that, you know, more, but like it, it all kind of came from sort of a, and I, and we, you know, we still like the idea of it getting back to that at some point, you know, of just sort of just being really ridiculous. Cause some of the episodes, it is pretty, I mean, there's like, you know, it's like, like to kind of talk about how to get money. Like we're poking fun at getting, getting rich sort of internet right. sort of stuff. And you are but, still, you are still selling your ebook. Absolutely. That is a real thing. And it's a very, I think it's a great ebook. Um, uh, and it, and that was a good kick in the butt to to write that whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 put that out there and have that experience and tell people what it's like and how to do it, you know. Um, we like the idea that there is because podcasts, if 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 you can make people laugh, that's great. If there's some sort of storyline to it, that's great. And if people can learn something from, it, that's great. We felt that that kind of checked all three boxes. Um, yeah, when we're in Tijuana and I'm buying a giant industrial thing of mayonnaise to put a little Ritalin pill in the middle to sneak back across the border, there's a lot that can go wrong with that. And that's what, <laughs> that's what we love. Um, so then you have, then you have real time with Bill Maher, which, yeah, I wasn't a comic, like talking, doing political comedy on stage was sort of the furthest thing from what I was sort of doing in my act. But here's the thing. Facebook came, came along. You know, and like Michael Brown happened and like sort of like all these sort of like political social things kind of started like becoming more at the forefront of I feel a lot of our minds. I I, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of the stuff was always there. You know, it's funny. I saw I got a thing on a newspaper recently. It was like, see what stories were on you the day you were born. Mm. And I went and read it and it's like, oh, a lot of this stuff is, has been going on the whole time you know liberals losing their hold in in three states are they are they eating their own are they you know it's like all that kind of stuff has, has always been around but like i would go on facebook and kind of like rant about a lot of this like you know stuff that's like i'm so tired of these people are people are like all oh, these people kneeling you know they're like they should be fired and then the, the, but then the protesters are out there and like, hey, you should get a job. It's like, well, what do you want? Do you want people to get a job or to get fired? You know, that was like so absurd to me. You just hate that they're you just hate that they're protesting no matter how they do it. And so like when I like um, kind of like submitted that packet, I kind of took a lot of these like sort of what I felt were kind of humorous rants on Facebook and kind of like shaped and molded them into different editorials that kind of fit right in with the show and submitted it and 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 they liked it and they hired me 
And so I think like it really kind of came from a more of a writing based part of me, you know, than, than, than the, than the performance part of me. So are you able to then compartmentalize the different parts of you? Like the, the Nick Vatterot that we see in disingenuous, which is out there. Right. Breaking the mold versus the one who's like writing to a strict formula. It's sort of perfect in a way because like, I'm not super interested in talking about Trump on stage, you know, but I do have these like feelings, you know, I do have like uh, what I think are very, and I, and I have a like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of comedy in making fun of a lot of the political sort of atmosphere. It doesn't fit into my act. So it's sort of perfect to have all these, you know, intense feelings and be able to put them somewhere in a better mega megaphone than Facebook was, you know, now, instead of me, you know, ranting on Facebook and having half the people scream at me because they don't like my jokes, you know, about um, whatever I'm, you know, complaining about what I, in what I feel is a humorous way. Now I can, you know, give it to Bill and have him sort of like have these, some of these like, you know, messages get out to a bigger audience. And that's pretty cool to do that. And so, yeah, and it's totally, totally separate. Cause I'm not like, you know, I'm not writing to, to Bill like, okay, so you have this fake girlfriend named Jebra in the audience and, <laughs> and, you, and you're, and you can't find her. And, uh, or, or I know it's a live show, but what if we just pretended <laughs> That it was, you're stuck in a time loop. (laughs) (laughs) I would, see, I would, I would kind of love if there was, you know, some, you know, I would love to do that. Or what if you just walked off stage and just like started walking down Hollywood Boulevard? (laughs) I I do. I feel like I do need to be reeled in at at some point. I understand the tone of the show and, and a writer, a very important job is to know the tone but i will pitch some kind of like you know outside stuff hey, he's like, like, if you want new rules let's make new rules right <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's uh let's pass these through congress let's make these things uh <laughs> the yeah, show they, should have new rules everything <laughs> about the show should be different Right. Yeah, right, right. New rule: monologue at the end. Uh, you know, credits in the beginning. Let's just no guests. <laughs> no guests. I wanted to do. I I think I pitched one thing one time that was like, um, okay, so you don't remember how like everyone was doing their shows from home during the pandemic, right? There was that adorable. There was like adorable where the guy was on the zoom and his kids kind of came in the background. I had to shoot them out. Yeah. And I wanted a bunch of different people. <laughs> when Bill was at his house, I wanted to have a just crazy people coming in the background that he had to keep shooing away. And they're like, Nick, that's not, <laughs> that's not what we do, but I will pitch some stuff and they will bite, you know, Bill will go for some, like, you know, it has to be the right, the perfect, you know, like outside of the, you know, sort of thing of like, you know, that he'll do stuff like, what is it? Like a, like a Shazam for phones that lets you know if the song you're listening to, if the artist is problematic, mm. you know, uh, uh, problem or something, you know, like that. And so we'll do, and then we'll write a fake song that he has to like problem and see, and like, it's, it's so it's like, and I think he likes, 
doing that stuff too. It's sort of like, uh, you know, he'll dress up like QAnon and pretend he's QAnon and stuff. It's like, if you can, uh, yeah, it's sort of like how far can you push it and still be in the realm of the show? And I feel like that's, I feel like sort of that's a, a little bit of my role over there too, to sort of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of do something a, a little bit, bring a little bit of, of, of what, you know, you know, I, I like to do in, in inside this, uh, the context of what works there. And then the other positive aspect is that when you go home for Christmas, you get to tell your parents you have a real job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I can explain. Oh, oh yeah. It's, and it's fun too. Cause like, you know, it's in my extended family, you know, like loves, you know, I want aunt that's like, I just loves that shows, you know, real time so much. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a concrete too. I, I think my mom likes some, it's very easy for my mom to explain what I do to other people. Right. I think that, yeah. I think <laughs> when, when you have a TV job, it's like, oh no, he, <laughs> whereas yeah. before it's like, I don't know. He gets on stage and he's weird for a half hour. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to explain or, or even me talking to my mom about like, you know, w- what I'll do after, you know, I, I don't work for the show at, at one point, you know, to be like, well, yeah, what will I, <laughs> he's, wor- he's filming, he filmed this thing in his, uh, where he ran around Chicago, but he wasn't really in Chicago for part of it. And um, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Just like total, total nonsense. What do you want people to say about you? Um, um, I mean, I just, I, I want people to just, once, once it's done, I just want them to kind of just completely forget about me and move on to the next thing. I mean, let's, 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 let's let like bygones be bygones, you know? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I will say that I, I really appreciate people when, when they'll be like, um, you know, when someone is like, I, I appreciate when people sort of like notice or, or take note of, of, of what I'm trying to do, which was like, like some, I, I, I forget. I saw somebody recently um, and they were talking about like a zoom show and they were like, I, I don't know what it was, but they mentioned like, well, Nick was kind of, I don't, I don't know. Nick was pushing the form of the zoom shows, uh, which is hilarious, which is so funny, which by the way, I want to just lean into that character of like somebody who's just like yeah i'm doing some really interesting things on zoom right now <laughs> and um but the reality was is like i did kind of like i i did do zoom and i tried to do utilize the background and then and then i filmed things and then tried to incorporate me interacting with these things behind me that i shot and stuff because i thought that was like well if we're gonna do this let's like have fun with it like i want people to like I want, if there is anything that I want people to like sort of um, take is just like have as much fun with whatever form you're using as possible, you know, like uh, to, to sort of influence people. And, 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 and I'm so like, 
Gosh, I saw Lizzie Cooperman the other day perform and I got so like excited and inspired. Uh, and I just, I, I got, I love so much of what she was doing, you know? And uh, if, if, if I get so much out of that from other people and I, if I could return the favor in some way where other people are like, yeah, we got to like, you know, keep trying to, to, to push things in whatever way is, is possible. You know, I think a lot of people push things, in an edgy way. And that's, that's fine, you know, but there's, you can push things in in a lot of different directions than just one particular way in so many different forms. And, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I think that would be good if that, if, if that kept going and growing. And I also like, you know, I did that show cluster. What did I do? Cluster fucking in New York. I did in LA where I tried to like take improvisers and stand-ups and put them together in the same show and make each other do the same thing. And then, you know, then, then they improvised at stand up, but then all the standups had to improvise with the, and, and, and like just sort of take forms and kind of mix and match them and uh, push them together. I think that's really healthy and fun too. So I, I hope uh, that would be cool if, 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 um, if more stuff like that happened. Well, Nick, it's always, it's always enjoyable watching you, uh, break break the mold, and it was fun catching. <laughs> and it was fun catching up with you today. So so thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, dude. Thanks for taking the time to to work this, and I really uh, I really appreciate it, man. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was post-produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music was by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. If you enjoyed listening, please check out my substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com for transcripts, bonus commentary, and expert analysis about comedy, show business, and more. I'm your host, Sean L. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.